Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermath podcast of the LFC Red Poets. Tonight, we look back at last night's game away at Fulham, where the Reds reached Anfield South Wembley to play in the League Cup final against Chelsea on the 25th of February. I'm your host, Les Lawson, and I'm joined tonight by Pete Warburton, Mike Wilson, and a big welcome back to Tom Keegan after his knee operation. Tom isn't running around fighting fit yet, but at least he's on the mend and fit enough to join us on the pod tonight. So what better place to start than with Tom? And what did you reckon, Tom, just after um, 7 o'clock last night when you seen the team announced by Jürgen and Kwanzaa was in for Ibu. There was a star for Ryan Gravenberch and Harvey Elliott and Diego Jota was, was rested and on the bench. What did you make of the at the team, Tom. The only one, the only one, the only one that shocked me, Les, was well, not shocked me, but was was Gravenberch coming in for for Curtis. I thought, I thought if Curtis had been fit, I thought he might have he might have got the nod. But other than that, the team was more or less how 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 we expected because I think we're down. To, we've said the last. The, it's really it's very much been like rinse and repeat. We're down to the to the bones, army. So we're just we're more or less just jumbling up the the fullback positions, or we're we're just changing Gavin Birch or Harvey Elliott in, or bringing somebody into midfield to add an extra a different person to sort try and keep it as fresh as we can. But um, yeah, I, I team I looked at and thought while I thought that they were strong on the night, I thought I, I looked at the Liverpool side and thought. There's plenty of pure quality there, whether it be inexperienced players or or whether it be um, senior players or whether it be you know like young players trying to make a name. But I think the team was was lovely, lovely balanced side. Mike, when you looked at the team, yeah, you weren't sort of sitting there thinking, "Oh no, you know he's playing tonight." Because everybody this season who's been asked, you know, or been selected for the game by Jürgen has come in, you know, give give their all and help the team get a result. So it's not, you know, we've all got what we think is our, our best eleven, But there's no real looking at the team and thinking, ooh, you know, he's playing tonight. So, so whoever started and then you looked at the bench, you were thinking, you know, that's 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 all right. That will that team will I'll do the job tonight. There's a combination, a couple of things for me. I, I've said for a long time, probably two years now, or possibly even longer, that there are there's no one in the squad who you kind of go, oh, I don't want him to play. There's no one. I rate them all, but also I, I think. I think we've just got that. I don't think we're as smooth and we'll talk about the game and there was a lot that we didn't get quite right in the game, but the mentality's back, isn't it? So you just feel the number of games where we've gone behind, I know we didn't miss game, the number of games where we've gone behind and and come back without ever being absolutely superb all the time, you just, you just trust them, don't you? Yeah. As I say, they all come in, they all they all do the job, Pete. And no matter <clears throat> no matter whether it's young Connor Bradley coming in in the you know, for the first leg and playing the last three games, whether it's Kwanzaa coming in, whether it's Bobby Clark coming on, or whoever it might be, Kelleher coming in in goal, they all they all do the job. They all they all, they've all got great belief in each other. Um, and they all work for each other, and I think there's a fantastic spirit there. So when you do see the team, you just think, right, okay, that's that's the team that Jürgen's picked. Let's watch them go and see what happens. Yeah, I think Mike used the right word there, trust. I think we do trust them all, whether the kids or, or whatever, you know. Um, and I know we'll pick a, a man of the match later, but I don't think anyone in that side last night was any less than a seven, seven and a half out of ten. It was one of those displays where it was a really good team display. And it's probably difficult later on to pick a man of the match, but that's Connor Bradley, right back. You just, you know, you, 
maybe when he first come into the side, you what you thought, who you know, he's only a kid, but it's it's like Mike said, you just trust them. I thought Elias, I thought Elias had a good game apart from his finishing last night. I think his couple of shots he had were a bit wayward, but other than that, I thought he was had a great game last night. But yeah, it, it's. I think we spoke about it on the last uh, the last issue we did with regards to when we mentioned the youth team and and the whole club from top to bottom. If you want to call the you know the first team the top and then all the all the uh, youth teams and that they play the same way and they just fit into the system and and none of them look out of place when they come into the side and even the lads who came late on you know Bobby Clark and that you, you trust them you just know that they're going to do the right things like. So yeah, so the team come out and there wasn't there wasn't any great surprise. I thought maybe um I thought maybe Jossa may have started, but um other than that, I think it was pretty much how we, we thought. You know, with Canati he, he seems to play one game and then possibly not miss the, the next one but not play the full ninety. So and we knew Kelleher was gonna start, so it was pretty much as we as we thought it would be, to be honest. Tom, we started the game really well, nice and calm, you know, knocking the ball round, Fulham very, didn't really raise a, raise a glove to us, really. They couldn't get out of their own half, could they, for, for the first 15, 20 minutes or so. It was a real a real good and confident start by the Reds. Just remember, you know what it reminded me of, Les? You know when the old European games, when you get hold of the ball... And you keep you keep possession. You move the ball around, and then you quiet. You slowly quieting down the crowd. I think that done that within five five minutes. I think you know, like when they come out blazing, expecting to come out, and it was it was all guns blazing, and Liverpool just took control of the game. But we started quickly, which was like which was on. Which is unusual. Use might use the word that I think trust and and I, and I think PC said before used a little bit, but used it again. I think I think it's not only it's it's the trust. There's no drop off in any level, is there? And I think us doing that, you know that you look around to any player, and no player is going to let you down. And so every player who comes in. Is reaching as what what were we saying before seven out of ten performances before you even kick a ball, you know like and it, it it's it's a remarkable thing we've got going. I I, I thought and, and I know we will talk about the goal in a minute, but like I thought from the moment that we kicked off, except for the one chance that they, they blazed over the bar, which you know which was one of them, but I think other than that. I think Liverpool were in total control and in second or third gear all the way through that first half. You know, like so. So as you said, it, the the start was was crucial to the way that we set out our stall. Mike, it was a really, it was a really good move, and Louis Diaz did really well. You know, to to work the opportunity for the goal, but you have to really admit, don't you, that. If that would have been our goalkeeper, you'd have sort of been disappointed if that shot had gone in. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was symptomatic of our shooting all night, really, wasn't it? I mean, every everything Tom said's right. We, I, I was for maybe the the minute after they scored, for two minutes after they scored, there was a, a feeling of concern. But for every other minute of the game, it just wasn't. We had total control of it, but we were sloppy as anything with our shoot. We didn't actually hit one good shot all game, with the exception perhaps of Darwin Nunes when he curled it away from the top corner. Even the goal was, he did so well, then he kind of overran the ball and he got nudged and it was just, the whole the whole of the game was, was shooting like that, it was just soft, it was I don't know. Everything we did was great, apart from apart from that. And the goal was just symptomatic, and 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 I wonder whether that the fact that it took a deflection impacted the way that the goalkeeper saved it. I don't know. I think Virgil agrees with you. you, you yeah, I think so. Um, Pete. 
as Mike said, Dave, we did. We played. We played some lovely football. Some of the moves and some of the the movements off the ball, you know, in that first half was just a joy to watch, wasn't it? But the yeah. fan, the final ball was just sort of missing the missing the mark, and so I mean, because if they'd have got the final ball right, we could have been like about five nil up after about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. Yeah, like from like you say, from apart from that chance that. Um... Polina put over on the volley. We were in total control, weren't we? Um, and some of the football, as I say, we, we just had possession. The possession was fantastic. And I thought the two Dutch lads showed up really well. I thought both Gravenberg Chan Gakpo in that first half. Some nice silky, you know, I like the way Gakpo sort of, and, and Gravenberg as well, though. He, he sort of just glides sometimes across the pitch. But like you say, but for some added finishing, um, I mean, the tie could have well been over by half time, to be honest. And, and I never, I never thought, I never felt like I was in, you know, worried in any way. As I say, apart from when Mike said for a couple of minutes, because they, you know, the crowd suddenly got up. You know, a few of them were leaving earlier on, weren't they? Because we were in total control. Um, and then they got that goal, and you thought, oh, don't go to extra time for God's sake. You know, let's just see it out and. I can't recall them having any real major. I think there was one that whizzed across the six-yard box. But yeah, it was. It, I think it was Tom who said it was like one of the old Europeans when we'd go behind the iron curtain and just shut them up, and you know they'd pull them tried to get the atmosphere going with the plastic flags that they must have seen down the road, at, down the King's Road at Chelsea, and um, you know they were trying to whip up an atmosphere, you know, and um, we just we just sort of. Quashed it really, we, you know, we were just in total control, and that was the only thing. You know, we went in at half time one up when we sh- probably should have had the, the tie done and dusted by then, you know. Tom, one thing that I that I noticed in the first half, and it's it's really a feature of this Liverpool side, really. And, and to be fair, I think it's been it's been the same all season. It's the it's the fluidity and the way so many players can play in different positions so it's not set in stone when they you know the, when they sort of set up you know because I mean if you take the if you take the clock one the really you know the his first Liverpool team you always knew that your salary salary be down the right Bobby centre forward and um and Sadio down the left and then you'd have Ginny on the left Endo on the right and Fabinho in the middle, and they would stay. But now it's so fluid. Do you have Elliot on the right? Then he'll be on the left. As Gravenberg goes over to the right, you've got Curtis Jones when he comes on. He's playing as the six, and McAllister moves over if he if they're both on the pitch at the same time. You've got Darwin starting the centre forward. Then he's moving over to the left. You've got Louis Diaz moving over to the right, and you've got. You've got Jota, you know, playing playing down the middle. You've got Gakpo, who's playing left, right and centre, and as well as dropping into midfield. And it must be a nightmare for, for the opposition because they, they don't know where to, where to go with. You, 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 you've made some great points. So I was going to use one of the points that you made earlier on. You know, I, I think... That much, that that's obviously down to work on the training ground, isn't it? It's in, and having the belief in the, the people <clears throat> around you, you know, in in the side that you know that if you miss that ball or you go, that somebody's going to jump jump into your place. And like, and as you say, it's like clockwork. Les. It's I started to notice it first of all with with with, with Curtis and Trent. When Curtis and Trent first come into the midfield, it, it was them who were linking up. And then you added Sabozlai into it with Curtis, Trent, McAllister and Sabozlai, who were then all sorts of linking and moving all the way around and sort of where you would not expect him. And then you, you bring him in, in, in a player who's a rigid player like Endo, who, who then comes... And added another dimension to his game. Not only does he can he do that, he can now also do the same sorts of things. So you've got players that are, two of the points I was going to make l- later on, and, and I, 
I'm, you know, I'm, I've got this thing about counter pressing. I love counter pressing, and I always say to you, I think you, I always look at Curtis Jones leads the counter pressing. When he he comes out, he he really does work his socks off. And so when he went out, Elliot took up the role last night. Now, not not many people had noticed that, but like he's he's winning more tackles than McAllister in that position, but and that's that's what you're talking about, Les, about you know about the fluidity. They must be a nightmare. And my final thoughts on this is I want to make a statement. I, I, I did make a statement earlier on. I think this side, do you know what? It's frightening because I still reckon they only played about 75 75% of the potential. This side has got the potential to be whatever. It really literally has, because of what you said, you, you can bring Bacetic in, you can bring Curtis in, you can bring... And, and no level drops off. If anything, everything improves. Imagine picking up any of these players. It, 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 must, it must be a nightmare to play against. Yeah, it's very true, that, isn't it, Mike, what Tom said there? Yo, they must be an absolute nightmare to play against because, you know, if, if you're a fullback, one minute you're thinking, right, I've got to watch here, I've got Darwin Nunes with his power and pace. And the next thing he looks up, and Darwin Nunes has gone centre forward and Jota's movement's on the right, or or you've got Cody Gakpo's movement on the right, or next thing, Louis Diaz is over there and you just... You know, how are you supposed to to know what you're supposed to be doing? If 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 you got if you've not got a clue, who are you going to be marking from one minute to the next? Makes it. I mean, I, I spent most of my footballing career not a very high level, but as a defender, and you you do tend to focus on the player that you should be marking, and if they're swapping around like right, left, and centre, it's a nightmare. It's a total nightmare. Tom mentioned Harvey. It's a, it was a strange game for Harvey. He was getting booed. I never get that. I never understand what he's done to deserve the booing. But for me, it, it was the weirdest game. That lad put in so much effort. So much. He was everywhere. But he was trying too hard for me. In the end, because he was putting in so much effort, it almost felt like... And, and, his, and his final ball and his shooting... Was 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 just not. He was. I'm. I'm not. I can't criticise him because the amount of effort. But he wanted it so badly last night. Mm. Possibly because of the booze. Just possibly because he he just wanted to get to Wembley. But he 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 got to the point where he's trying too hard hard last night. Uh, and and you know can't fault that. It just didn't come off. I'd love him to have scored last night because that would have quelled the booze. Do you think the booze were Fulham fans, mate? It was for the Fulham fans, yeah. I thought it was Fulham fans who were booing him. It was. Yeah, I was. I wasn't suggesting it was Liverpool fans. No, I know. I thought. What I was thinking, I thought they they were booing him because he 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 always made that he's a Liverpoolian, wasn't he? And he and he left him. I think, and I think that was more frustration down to them. But I, they booed him in the home leg as well. I know. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Peter, it is, isn't it? It's so it's so fluid our system and the football they play. That it's they're a more technical team, aren't they, than the than club's first team. You know, that was more was more up an atom, hundred mile an hour, pace and power, real workers in midfield, and you know, and it you know, when it when his team was built a solid back four. And, but this team is so much technically technically better. And I think as a squad as a whole, it's much, much better, isn't it? When you when you're looking at some of the young players who who have come in this season and contributed and no matter what the game is, I mean, you go you go away to Arsenal in the last round of the FA Cup and you know, you're already without numerous players to the to the two tournaments that are going on in injuries. You start with Kwanzaa and Ibu as your, you know, as your centre-backs. And 
you know, you're having to, you, you know, you're, you're bringing on Connor Bradley and, and um, Bobby Clark. You know, and, and they're just contributing and, and, and sort of, and, they just, and they, they've done nothing after to, to sort of doubt their ability or, or when you see them coming on, you're thinking, oh no, you know, you're not bringing them on. And, and you know, you know, and everybody, you know, Cody, you know, the number of position that Cody has started in this season, you know, what, what, a, what a player he is to have, you know, in your squad, left midfield, right midfield and all the front positions. Yeah, and arguably, he's not one of the first picks. If everyone's fit in the squad, he probably wouldn't be in your first 11. And that shows how, how much depth we've got in the squad. But, um, yeah, they are playing so fluid, especially when you see like the full-backs. I mean, Joe Gomez, playing. he plays inverted from the left, and you had Conor Bradley coming in from the right, doing the what everyone calls the Trent role. And it's like you say, when they go, someone just drops, and, and, and they know the job, and you see the centre-backs... The centre backs, um, giving them, you know, when when the goalkeeper's got it, as soon as the goalkeeper gets it, both centre backs go out wide, and that pushes your full backs up and in. But just a little anecdote about fluidity. I, I knew a lad who played for Altrincham against Tottenham years ago in the FA Cup, and Tottenham got Altrincham got a draw up in uh, Manchester against them, and they had the replay at White Hart Lane, and he was up against Klinsman. I think, Bar- I think Barnby was playing, and and I can't remember the other forward, but it was they played the foot, the, the you know the the full team, and he said it was quite frightening. I think Sheringham it might have been. He said it was quite frightening. He said one minute I was marking Barnby, and he said without any any, they they never spoke to one another. These Tottenham lads, they just knew the roles. They just knew that if Barnby went out right, Sheringham would fill in, etc. And that's what Liverpool are doing now. It's like you say, Cody and. Gravenberge were all over the place last night. They were just rigidly sticking to their side of the pitch. So, you know, it's it's like you say, you know, as a defender, you, you can't say, right, I'm marking him all night because you, you don't know the hell you're going to be up against. Yeah. Tom, at the start of the second half, we we created a great chance for, for Louis. And he seemed to get caught in about three different minds about what to do. And eventually, you know, he puts the ball across. He, he he chose the third one, and it just it was just a really poor pass and just missed everybody out. And um, you know that look when and it, I thought I thought Nunes he was brilliant all night. Did a tremendous dummy to 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 let the ball through through to Louis. And you thought right, just go and finish it now. And you know when you think how good good that opportunity was. And we never, we never even got a shot away at the goalkeeper. You know what? It, it was a, it was a pretty poor end to a, to a fantastic opportunity, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant movement, brilliant movement by Nunes, Les, even to get the shot off. But like you, you watched it from, I think, you, I think you got a better great angle from it, from I think from the side angle when he when he showed it from the camera from the side angle. And you could see it was going into the corner, and at the you're missing this. You're, you're missing. You're, you're, you're getting your chances mixed up here, Tom. And which talking one am I talking about? You've talked about the Louis one at the start of the second half after about a minute. No, I'm sorry. Was... Yeah, I'm that's the one I was talking about. With Nunes. No, no, it, it it seemed to fizzle out, didn't it? It just. I seen the one you're talking about because he played the ball and he got caught. There was three against. There was three against two. And he was he was looking to play the ball back in, wasn't he? And then yeah. he played it back. And didn't the ball go? I think that that one, the ball come back to Elliot. I think Elliot, it's a it's a shot, didn't he? Which the keeper saved with his legs. Was that the one? Uh, yeah, I just think we we cocked it up, didn't we? You know we what did. I mean? There was, yeah. there was three of us. Well, there, there were three players on one, but it all started with Louis taking as long as he did. You know, like on on the what's it called? But I thought you were talking about when you were talking about Nunes. Yeah. You talking about the shot on the team from no, Nunes. No, that was Nunes. Nunes did everything last night, but score. That was brilliant, Alex. It was absolutely sensational. You know, like you just you just think you you're looking at this lad and you you can hear the song going round the crowd and like you know like you just the shit Andy Carroll and like. <laughs> You're watching the defenders literally drag themselves off the floor at the end of the game because 
he's had them all over the pitch. You know, like it's like the man is the man is a is a genius. He's an unbelievable footballer. Yeah, you know, like but what do we do? What what again? It's the same sort of thing, isn't it? About valuing goals, but I think yeah. But I agree with you over over Louis. He should have done a lot, lot better really. I mean, chance. I thought I thought Louis had a good game last night, but again, it's like you said at the start, Mike. It was like everybody played seven and a half, eight out of ten. But it was the final ball or the decision making or the the final shot that wasn't getting connected with with properly. You know, and apart from apart from Darwin who basically connected with everything as well as he could, but it still wouldn't go in for him. The keeper makes yeah. a great save from one. He gets another one blocked. He has another one, you know, a curler from the from our left-hand side, and the keeper, you know, makes a really good save. You know what I mean? I, I just thought that, that last night, I thought Darwin Nunes for the, the 65 or so minutes he was on the pitch was absolutely magnificent. And I, thought, I bet... I just bet that the whole of the Fulham back four were just so thankful when they seen his number go up for him to go off. So they thought, thank God for that. You know, we can have a we can have a little bit of a rest now. What did you reckon of that, Mike? It it, it was the strangest game, wasn't it? Like like you say. I, I... I think Nunes is is gonna explode at some point in time. Do you not oh, do you not yes. get the impression that he's a real confident player? And 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 if and if it and if it just gels for him, you know, he 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 never gets the ones that go in off his backside or anything like that. The, the, he never gets the lucky goals. He he ne- the the one that Diaz got last night was a bit lucky, wasn't it? Because it was deflected mm-hmm. and the keeper should have saved it. Diaz doesn't get them. You know, he curled that lovely one in the first half around the key, around the defender's backside and the keeper. Uh, I mean, and he and he curled the other one that was going in top corner, and then at the last minute it, it, it seemed away, didn't it? It was just I don't know. I, 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 there is a point where he's gonna, he's just gonna blow te- teams apart. Yeah, totally agree. And you know, Peter, and then. You know, when he when he when we took off uh, McAllister and Nunes and put on um Jones and Jota, we you know jo- Jones went to the six, didn't he? And you know, Jota went up front and immediately started to get in a bit of a a, a shoving war with, with Jock. You know what I mean? And he ended up on the floor, but he wasn't you know, he wasn't giving up any ground, was he Jota? He was holding his own. You know, against no. the big suits. You it know what I mean? Fun. Yeah, it's quite funny actually. One of the when when the referee had to intervene, and Jota was almost having to crane his neck up to to have a go at Jota, but no, he, he wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't back down, and it just shows you, just shows you how good he is. Because you know, you take Nunes goes off, and like Mike says, the defenders might think, oh, you know, we've got to, you know, not got rid of him, but at least he's not a problem anymore. And then you bring Jota on, who. You know, Jota the slotter. You know, I think he had a chance late on where he just overplayed it, and um, he he really got into that Jota in in a footballing way, not in a nasty way. He yeah. really got up his nose, didn't he? And he he literally was looking up his nose because he was so diminutive next to it. But um, yeah, and then Curtis comes on and, and does what he he has been doing well for all of the season, really, just getting the ball, getting the ball down, controlling it, and keeping the possession, and that's. As I say, it came as a bit of a shock actually when Fulham did equalise. Although I did, I did forecast a, a draw in the in the last program. You all said yeah. we were going to win. I got a draw. Yeah, you did. It came from nothing really, did it? You know, it wasn't really a. It was a bit outlandish the way it came about, and you couldn't. I think the, you know, the attacker, if you want. Although it was Geoff, but he, he got in front of the defender and just got a nudge on it. And I think it took a nick off um Quanson on the way through, which helped the you know the forward player. But um yeah, I mean we've made some 
um, substitutions in the past few games, and we sort of lost a bit of momentum with it, but there was none of that last night. As soon as the subs came on, we kept, you know, the possession and going forward. So, as I say, it was a little bit of a knockback to get the, the equaliser, and for a couple of minutes, the crowd was up, and you thought that they might, you know, they might do something, but it never came to fruition for them. Tom, for about a couple of minutes after they scored, you know, they seem to have a bit of momentum, and Kells made a really good save from a Harry Wilson shot that could have been going in. Um, it was a really, really good save, I thought. Um, that And then that was really them done. You know, we brought on Big Ibu and Bobby Clark and took off, you know, Graven Birch and um, who else went off? Um, who else went off? Graven Birch and... Is it Elias? Was... No. Elliot. Was it Cody? No, no. Cody, yeah. That's it. Cody. Cody, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. we took... Yeah, Graven Birch and Cody off. And, um, and then we just seemed to have you know, total control of the game again. But that save from Kelleher was important, Tom. Yeah, brilliant save from... Uh, you know, like, he, he, he gets a little bit of stick, Kelleher, doesn't he? Because as people say, well, you know, like, you'd expect this... This this keeper he comes you know like there's a slight drop off but you I thought he, every time he comes in he does well doesn't he you know he never lets us down he's a, he makes big saves when he needs to and race Harry Wilson as well you know Les I was always a bit gutted when I seen that lad go because he was a he, he was a special little player wasn't he just again at the time we were in he, he just we couldn't find a sort of position for him. Well, yeah, I just wonder, Tom, can I just come in there a sec? I just wonder, Tom, you know, whether Liverpool decided that it was either Harry Wilson or RB Elliott. Yeah, because I think you're probably right, Les. They're, they're very yeah. similar types of players, aren't they? And they look, and I always think that Harry will score more goals than Harvey, but Harvey's a better technical footballer. And I remember, just while we're talking about this, and you, you'll all remember this because we had, you know, Numerous conversations about Harvey last season, and we just wondered how, how he would fit in. And I actually think that the way Liverpool have changed the style of play now to a more possession type to get type of game, a more technical game, actually suits him more than the previous style of play, which was like if you want to call it heavy metal football. So technically, this new Liverpool suits Harvey Elliott better. I don't know whether you agree with that, Tom. You might yeah, not. Yeah, I, I do. I agree with you to a choice probably between the two. And you know, like because they are similar in many ways, aren't they? You know, they both come into this at this side to side at a very young age. And you know, like both done really well when they come in, but just couldn't sort of push on and find a way through and, and get a run of games. So probably you're right there, Les. It was probably a choice. But I like I like Harry Wilson and I, I you know like I, he, he's a decent little player. I thought I thought he he I was surprised that he never started with him because he, he, he gives them a lot, doesn't he? You know he's he's decent and I, I thought Keller has save was key at that time. But there's something that Mike said about what a point that I'd made earlier about you always felt we were under control. And that was what, what Mike said. He said, yeah, for two minutes when they scored, and that, I think Kells made, Kell, Kell made that save in that two-minute period. And then, like, as he, as, as he said, it like, we just went back to being ourselves. We just kept the ball didn't panic, didn't give out an order of a team that was waiting for the whistle to go, just carried on doing what we were doing, pressing and doing simple things. And I think that's how they see the, see the game out, I think, the, 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 the way they played the rest of the match. Yeah. I think I, I think it was it's superb to watch at the moment. Mike, it was, it was that incident as well, wasn't there, where Fulham at the post, the ball bounced out within yeah. within about 10 seconds, right up the other end. And why Harvey didn't put the ball on his left foot and just curl it into the opposite corner, because he had the time to, right? Yeah. And absolutely scuffed his shot at the near post. As you said, you know, Harvey, Harvey worked his socks off last night, but his passing at times and his finishing was woeful, wasn't it? 
it it was just it it, it was too in, it was too intense and, and not cool enough not calm enough in, in, in a lot that he did well, you can't fault his workload um uh, it, I think you used the word there scuffed I think we scuffed 99% of our shots last night I think Nunes had two that weren't scuffed every other shot was scuffed last night yeah including the goal yeah that's a that's a fair comment so Pete we then Yo, we then sort of just played out the, yo, the final four minutes of, of injury time, you know, without any real scares, and booked our place at Anfield South, and I thought over the two legs, it was it was well deserved. And let's not forget that, you know, the players were without, who aren't available for selection for either of these two semi-finals. So it just shows you once again, doesn't it, the depth and the quality of the squad that we've been able to to get to get through, you know, against the decent Fulham side. You know, I wouldn't say with, with relative ease, because I think that would be would be paying a little bit of a disrespect to Fulham. But we, we weren't really hanging on at any point. And when you think back to the to the two games, but for the goalkeeper in the first game, you know, who, who made really few good saves in the second half, and the, the, the clear-cut chance rated in this one, it could have been a real, real bigger margin, couldn't it, without so many of our our main players? Yeah, I think it's quite uh, odd, actually, that the three games that we played against Fulham, um, they've been... Not the better side over the full ninety minutes, but they played better both at Anfield, the both Anfield games than they played last night. And I just wonder if you know their nerves got to them. I know they had some experienced players in the side, um, you know, like William and Bellina and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think it was just the way that Liverpool approached the game. They weren't they weren't going to let Fulham get ahead of steam on us, and we just kept possession and. And then started creating, you know. Um, excuse me, but I think Fulham actually have played better both times at Anfield this season than he did last night. And as I say, you could put it down to nerves. Maybe the home fans' expectations are getting to Wembley and it, it just told on them in the end. And I think, you know, they'll probably agree. They didn't put the display in they wanted, but I don't think they were allowed to by us. Yeah, that's fair comment. Right. Does somebody want to ask Mike? So I'm going to ask, go go and ask, because I know he's got to go soon. So I want to go and ask you for your man of the matches first, and I'm going to come and ask Mike a question. Right, and then we'll have a, a further discussion when Mike goes about it, and then he can listen to the answer when he he uh, listens to the end of the podcast um, later on. So I'll start with you, Mike, first of all. Who was your, who was your man of the match last night? The, the temptation is to go with, with Diaz because I thought he had a, a really, really good all-round game. But do you know what I'm going to give it to? I'm going to give it to Connor Bradley because I don't think he put a foot wrong all game. I think I think I put a tweet on uh, Twitter or X today and said, and it's, it had about three or four things in it, but the first thing was Connor Bradley's emergence means... Buying a new fullback is not a pressing need anymore. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I just think he's just been a marvel, and I thought he was brilliant last night. Totally agree, Peter. Who are you going for? Uh, like I said, I think you know everyone who played last night. There wasn't anyone less than a seven and a half or an ace right through the team. Thought Joe Gomez had another decent game at left back. I thought the midfield, especially in the first half, um, looked good. McAllister played well. It looks like we've stumbled on a number six there rather than actually fashioned them. I think we've got one if we need him. Um, I was actually going to pick Louis Diaz, not just because of the goal, but I thought he's he's coming back into the form he showed prior to the injury and the personal problems he had, you know, with his dad and that. So. Not just for the goal, but his all-round play. As I say, I think we're all a little bit guilty of some Evans um, finishing, him included. But I'd give it to Louis Diaz last night. Tom? 
Well, do you know what? I'm going to pick a different one. I think it's like I, I was looking at you know the game overall, as and, and like Mike, I tweeted something early today. I've only tweeted one thing today, and it, it was about Joe Gomez for me. I think I think the quality of having Joe Gomez back to his imperious uh, imperious best, just the way he carries himself. As a, as a senior professional, which he is at the club, and I, and I think, I think for, he's such a humble. But for a lad who's come in, who, everyone was saying his career's go more or less over, and there's 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 no way back for him. And you're looking at him now, and he's in he's in the best form I've seen since he played when he was playing centre back alongside Virgil Van Dijk at his very best, you know. So I, I'm going to give it. And why I agree with Mike, I thought Conor Bradley was absolutely superb last night. As I did, I thought Kwanzaa played yeah. unbelievably well as well. Also, every every week uh, he, he gets a, a mention, but no one ever, you know, like gives him the Virgil. man of the match. Virgil, Virgil yeah. just absolutely like like. The quality of him, you know, like we're, we're blessed with players. So I've I've given the man of the match to Joe Gomez because I think overall, for, I think Joe de- deserved it after us on the night. Yeah, well, you've just took t- stolen my thunder there, Tom, because my man of the match is Joe Gomez. I just mm. think absolutely superb and very similar to what you said about Virgil there. Over the last few weeks, he's always been in the frame. But we've never, I've never quite been able to give him man of the match. But last night I thought, yeah, Joe, you, you, you're my man of the match. Which moves me nicely on to what I was going to ask Mike, which will then lead into a bigger discussion from the three of us after Mike has, has to leave early. What do we do with Joe Gomez when Robbo's fit and Trent's is fit? Because if there's if there's anybody, you know, and you're talking, I'm talking about now. Suppose that everybody is fully fit and available for the for the final against Chelsea, and you know, surely Joe Gomez is the, deserves a start. But where do you start him? Uh, you pick the best team on the day, and and if that's Trent and Robbo, not Joe Gomez, then then that's what it is. Uh, I don't I don't worry about this. There's going to be. We're in so many competitions. There's going to be so many games. Um, there's games now being arranged, rearranged with the Luton game. I, I think it gives us the opportunity um, to uh, not burn our players out, uh, especially because we've got some players, even including Joe Gomez, who are injury prone. We've got some coming back from injuries. Uh, he'll get his games, and he's proven me wrong, hasn't he? Because remember, early in the season, I was saying I don't want to see him again at left back. Well, he's he's proven me wrong. Um, he is perfectly ex- uh, uh, capable of playing anywhere across the back four. I think Tom. I don't know about about you. So, where do you see the the conundrum with Joe? Because surely he's, you know, if you go about the old adage. You know, you earn your place by what you do on the field, and I, I do take what Mike says. And there's, you know, there's a lot of games coming up, so everybody will get the game. But let's be honest; it's just like saying to a fan, "Well, you know, there's plenty of games coming along, so don't worry if you don't get a ticket for this one because you'll get a ticket for the next one." You know what I mean? You want a ticket for, or you want to play in in like a final, so. Mm-hmm. I would like to be, you know, you know, in Jurgen's shoes if he goes to Joe Gomez on the, you know, an hour before kickoff against Chelsea and say, "Sorry, Joe, you're on the bench," and Robbo starting. But I can also see why, as Mike said, you know, you would start with Robbo if he comes in to games leading up to the final and looks as though he's back to his best. The other, the other thing, Tom, is that. You move Joe Gomez across to right back and play Trent in midfield. But then if you play Trent in midfield, you've got McAllister, Sabozliai, Trent, Jones, Endo, Gravenberch, Elliot, you know, Thiago, you know, could be 
Bashetic could be closer by by the end of February. So it's a it's a real dilemma, isn't it? I think you you probably see a mixture of both there, Les. I think I think Liverpool will be I think Liverpool will be sparing with with the midfield players because you know like what we seen was like the drop off or the burn off of the midfield like under the under the way that Jurgen plays his teams could play the midfield sort of fell the legs fell off all at the, roughly the same time these are all young kids aren't they now I see Trent moving more into midfield because I think he can do more in midfield than you know from from the, the inverted fullback role but. I think you'll see. I think you'll see when he does move into the midfield. I think Trent. Uh, I think Joe will probably take up the games at fullback. But I, th- I do believe Trent will, will go there as well. I think you'll see sort of the games sort of mixed up between the two, and that's what will make us be able to challenge on all fronts. And what we were talking about before about fluidity, fluidity you know. We, everyone would say the drop off when when Trent moved in, into midfield and whoever come in, in in the in the right inverted fullback role after Trent went, it w- w- was amazing. But like Jones added that side to his game. Jesus, he's even firing shots in a goal now. So much so now that everybody's more or less looking for him to end his duck. You know what I mean? So I I think you'll probably see Trent move to midfield so that we don't have a burnout of players like we had before, you know, with injuries. I don't maybe that's where where we where we were talking about Les about where you know like Thiago, if we let Thiago go at the end of the year, maybe Trent will go into the midfield. You can see Endo's an older player, isn't he? So he's gonna be sort of on the on 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 the periphery. But like yeah, I think Bacetic, Bacetic, Harvey Elliott, Curtis, Trent, and Sabozla will be fighting for them roles. Yeah, tell you what, don't don't be don't be sort of saying Endo's going to be on the periphery here. Yeah. Both Pete and Ben Adam start as their as their first. Do you know what? Can I say? I'm gonna. I have to go now, guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah see, you, Mike. I, see you, see 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 you, Mike. See you, Mike. I I do you know even in in my. In my drugged up state of of reform and, and automorph at that time, I did I did hear that 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 conversation with Peter and Ben, and and I was a bit I was a bit surprised. I wasn't surprised at Ben to be to be honest. <laughs> I, was really, I was really surprised at Peter. I think the thing we were trying to I think the thing we were trying to say, Tom. I knew what if, if Endo plays the number six role, it releases McAllister to play further forward. I know what, That's yeah, what we yeah, were saying. And, and there are going to be times, I mean, hopefully everyone stays hale and hearty and, and we don't have injuries, but injuries unfortunately happen. And yeah. I think I agree with what Mike said. I think for the final, I think the only, I don't know if he's come out and actually said it yet, Jürgen, but I, I suppose the only nailed on position as if he's fit as the goalkeeper. I think he's going to stick with Kelleher as he has, you know, as, as cup goalie, if he wants. Um, well, certainly Carabao Cup anyway. Um, but I think there'll be, it's the R word, isn't it? The ro- You know, the rotation because, we're, yeah. you know, the more we stay in competitions, if we get through the next round of the cup on Sunday, you know, we're, we're going to be fighting on four fronts again. And we know what happened last time. We only ended up with two pots, didn't we? So I think you know there what? will be. I like the way you say "only," there, Pete. I mean, you're both... <laughs> but you, you know, know what? Man. Do you know what, Les? I understand exactly what he means. You know, I know, I, I know what I, you mean. Like, yeah, had we have had only? Yeah, had we have had more depth in that squad like we've got here now? Yeah, with these younger players, you know, like in and like you think. That that won't have be a masterstroke going towards like like things like Champions League and the league. You can put serious, you can put serious challenges in, can't you? If if you pick an either Trent, Bosley, um, McAllister, or Bichette, Curtis, Harvey, Gavin Birch, 
that is serious midfield players with serious quality on the bench to come on to change things. Yeah, I think I think with the final coming up, the biggest it, it's probably the the type of problem every manager wants. Hopefully by the end of February. Yeah. As I say, everyone everyone will be fit enough and it'll just be the headache that Jurgen needs. You know, you know, he'll probably have a more or less without I don't know if um I don't know how Mo Salah's gonna get on with this hamstring or whether he's gonna still be involved, but apart from up front, you're gonna have so many people vying for you know certain positions, and it's the it's the type it's the type of headaches managers dream of because they've got strong squads, you know. I don't think yeah. Liverpool will have to go out far looking for a, for a replacement for Mo Salah if he wants to get one for next season. And I think teams will be fighting, players will be fighting to come here to play for this squad. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what I was saying about Joe Gomez is for me. You know, I know you said before that you know, you know, you couldn't pick the team. You know, you, you know quite well, really, that Keller will start, Virgil will start, and Trent will start. So, you know, their three that's definitely going to start. And then I think the fourth one who definitely has to start for me is Joe Gomez because he's earned that. Mm. You know, whether that's at left back instead of Robbo or whatever, but he just totally deserves deserves his place in the team. And I don't care. I think if you you can if you know if you sort of leave a player out like that in a major game, it can just knock his confidence because he can just say, "Well, what do we have to do?" You know, to keep your place. Yeah. You know, and 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 to me, you know, we all said, didn't we, when when Costas got injured and did his collarbone. We all said, didn't we, how, how well Costas had done after a really difficult start. Well, all of a sudden, for me, he's he's done his collarbone and now he's third choice left back. Yeah. Because if Robbo if Robbo does come back in his first choice and then he wants to rest him, or he want or you know, he picks up another injury or whatever it may be, and you know, you've got nowhere else to put him, then Joe Gomez would start for me at left back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, instead of Costas, because I just think he's proved he just looks so comfortable there, Tom. He yeah. really does look so comfortable over there. And I also what? think as well, he's been responsible. And don't don't underestimate this. He's been responsible for the for the defence tightening up as well. Yeah. You know what? We were we were talking last game about Joe Gomez at left back. And we were saying it was similar to when Carragher went to left back. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I think we were a bit worried about Carragher because he was, you know, right footed and that. And we were worried about Carragher going to left back. But Joe Gomez, he's been fantastic. He, you know, he's been really good. And, you know, it's going to be a problem for, um, you know, does he go with sentiment or, or does he go with his best team? And if you're well, in a cup final, I think you go with your best team, don't you? Yeah, but you wouldn't say. I agree with you, Pete, but you wouldn't say that Joe Gomez isn't in your best team at the minute. No, no that's a fair comment, yeah. And then, um, that's the, the most important... Go on, Les. I was going to say, Tom, that's the point of time to make. If you're talking about... I mean, over the last... All right, since... Since Costas got injured, you know, five, six weeks ago, whatever it was, right, Um. You know, against Arsenal, wasn't it? He got injured on the, the 23rd of December, I think it was. That's mm-hmm. when he did his collarbone. And Joe, Joe come on, he nearly scored against Arsenal. And everybody said how well he played. And then everybody was saying, oh, we've got to go out and buy and get another left-back now. Joe's come in and made the position his own. And I think now, as much as I love Robbo, and I think that Robbo, when he's on form, is probably the best left back not only in the Premiership but in Europe. Right. Robbo's gotta win his place back now by by performing to the level that Joe Gomez has and beyond. And the it's just thing... about when he when he gets back in the team to do that Tom. Yeah the great thing for that all is it gives it gives Robbo a kick up the arse, doesn't it as well? Yeah. You know whereas we were before and we were we were so we were we were you know like we we were desperate for, for him to, to come in. And we there's no you know like there's no real you know like uh, competition for his place, but now there's plenty of competition, 
and it's it's all the way around, isn't it? It's the same with like like Shabozlai and and like you know McAllister's up this game, and there's this this you know like there's this. I I just think what you were saying before about you know like about about you go with your best players. Imagine the strength of the benches we're going to be putting out there when everyone's yeah. fit. You know what I mean? You got you've got to be able to make like like seven or eight massive changes to improve your team. Bring three of them players on, like or like like if you bring on like Jotter and Gapko, uh, and you or you bring on you bring on Gravenberch and Curtis, or you bringing on you know like or Bachetic, you know like or Joe Gomez or you know Connor Bradley. Yeah, and you know, RVL, the, the, there's no drop off at all. It, it only improves your quality. So, all these players have got to stay at the top of the game. Yeah. That's it, you know. And the thing be... is, though, you're right there, though, because they're all pushing each other now, aren't they? Because yeah. you, you made a good point there. If you notice, McAllister had been injured and watched them, though. And McAllister's come in now and he's took his game to another level. Yeah, and it's up, it's up to and Pete, it's up to it's up to supposedly I now, isn't it? That when he comes back and if he's back on Sunday, he's got to get his game up back to the level that we were seeing at the start of the season because now, you know, there's other players there who can come in and say, right, Boz, you know, you're not doing the business, right? You're not your standard isn't what it was in you know in the first few months of the season, although you're still playing well, you know. We're going to start Trent in midfield now with Joe Gomez a fullback or Conor Bradley a fullback. Mm. You know what I mean? So he, so it, it gives the other players, doesn't it, a massive nudge to say, right, you've got to get your level and keep it there. Mm. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's all right. I was, I was saying it's, it, it does push. There has been occasions of, you know, watching Liverpool over the years that we haven't had people pressing to you know, to dislodge people in the team. And I'm not saying they go out there and coast through a game, but they probably know that, you know, if they play out of the skin or they have an indifferent game, they're going to be picked again next week. And it is getting to the stage when, if everyone's becoming fit again, um, like like Tom says, you know, McAllister was injured. He saw how well Endo did. So he's up this game and it's it's just going to, I can just see it. It's just the right time of the season for us as well. You know, we're, we're coming into not so much the home stretch, but we're certainly over the halfway mark. And if we've got a, a big squad that's fighting fit, and there will be changes. There, there will be changes if we're playing twice a week. I understand that. But like you say, we're, it was like Mike said before, I think the first word he said was trust. And we do trust in all these players now. There's not one that comes into that 11 or comes off the bench that you think, oh, God, you know, but why is he playing? Because you just trust every one of them. And um, it, it's going to be good going into the second half of the season with this squad that we've got. So I, I think that I think that for going, you know, for the Chelsea and the and the um, Chelsea and the Arsenal game, less, I think if you've got some buzz like Trent and all the players, more or less all the players back, even without Mo, you've got you you the creative the creative the creativity level goes through the roof, doesn't it? You know, yeah. like you've got Sir Bosley, Trent, McAllister, and, uh, you know, like, just creating chances, you know, like opening up Louis Diaz running from deep, playing people in, Andy Robinson giving you, you know, like strength from, from out wide. All these players overlapping and, and we create loads of chances and with the players and the quality that you've got up front, which we're stronger than anybody else, that's going to make all the difference. Yeah. You could, I, I, it would not surprise me at all if Liverpool turn over. Stupid ass, stupid ass. I'm going to swear today. I feel like swearing today. Stupid ass Mason says something that Liverpool could be out the title race in two games, uh, you know, after they play Chelsea at home and, uh, and Arsenal away. I think we could be out of sight. In, 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 in two, two weeks. We might be out of sight again if we beat Arsenal, but I don't yeah, think we'll get, 
We'll be able no, to set up. You know, City, you know, I'm talking about size, size for about City. But but don't forget, City have got to keep on winning, Les. Yeah. If we, if you don't like, um, you know what? We will, we, we're going to improve. We're going to get better because we've never had a, a full strength squad yet. No. I like, no, so I, I could see come the end of January that we could have opened up a little gap, you know. You get to a proper gap of five, five or six points over Manchester City, and then all of a sudden the pressure's on them to win every game. Yeah, that's very true. Right, and before- also, also Thomas, just quickly, if we do have that gap over City before, is it April we play them? March yeah. or April? April we could March. have got to draw. Yeah, is it? I mean, if we have a five, I know we're going too far ahead of ourselves here, but if we were to have a bit of a gap against over City. It's a must-win game for them and, and a not-lose game for us so we could afford to draw even, you know. I, I think we'll I think we'll go to do them at Anfield. I think it's, oh, it's yeah. about... I think it's about... Do you know what? It's about um, a, a mentality shift. I think... I think... Do you know what, Pete? I think that would, that would change so much at Anfield. And I think, you know, we always talk about looking football. And in the two seasons where we lost the league by a point, we had to play them away at their ground a few games away from the end of the season. Like now it's now it's the other way around. Their side is starting to be a rebuilding side. And like they're not looking as, as strong as the Manchester City sides that you've seen over the years. But whether they'll be improve with, with De Bruyne. But again, he's 34, isn't he? So like you you look at that, this could be a mentality shift for us of, of them coming here and us walloping them and that the crowd being up for it, everybody being up for the game and like, and, and we, we turned it over and win the league here. Do you know, yeah. that then destroys them, you know, so, and that's how like momentum shifts, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. You know, it, it, we, it is, you know, it is going to be an interesting few weeks. And it does get now, you know, a lot of our players back and hopefully not picking up any new injuries. You know, it's one that we can go into with optimism. Just before yeah. I move on, I know Pete's got his pen and paper ready to to give us his words of wisdom for his, his team on Sunday against Norwich. Just to send condolences to the family of Johnny Kennedy, the former Radio City DJ and massive Liverpool fan who passed away yesterday, aged 88. You know, during the, the 80s, he was a massive personality on radio in this in this city. And somebody who had had a great affection for the Reds was was a season ticket holder for the for the club and you know always spoke up you know for the Reds when it was needed. So thoughts with your family and friends, Johnny, at this sad time and you know, you're back up there with Shanks' army now, so you'll never walk alone, mate. Anyway, Pete, come on, give us your words of wisdom. What what have you come up with for, for Sunday, then? Uh, Sunday. I think Ali might come back in goal. I think he'll play. I've gone with the back four, Bradley, Virgil, Canate and Gomez. I've got a middle three of McAllister, Jones and Elias. And then up top, I've got I've got Diaz and Jota penciled in, and I'm not sure. I, I think Nunes will be on the bench. I'm not sure if you might see Gakpo or Gravenberch, and maybe Elliot could play up the front. It could be like this fluidity we've spoken about, you know. But um, I can see Nunes maybe making an appearance on the bench and, and not starting, but it, it's going to be a strong side. You know, whatever like you say, the players that we've got in the squad are all, all decent players. There's no weak links anywhere, so... That's the 11 I've gone with. As I say, I've just put a question mark whether it be Cody Gakpo or Ryan Gravenberch making a start. Tom, have you got any thoughts on Pete's team before I tell you that I've, my, mine's, mine's a, a, a fair bit different to Pete's, to be fair? Is Trent and Sabozlai fit, Les? Yeah, I think they will be, yeah. Well, I think one of them... Well, I think... I think they might, both of them might get half a game. I don't know whether they start, whether they'll start or whether they'll, you know, um, one will play half and the other will play half. Um, 
I, I agree. I think you you might go with 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 Kwanzaa, um at the at the back with um with with Van Dijk. I think you probably go with 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 with. I think it'll probably start with Trent. I think I'll go with Trent at right back, and I think you go with Joe Gomez at right at left back. I think in midfield it'll probably be Graven Birch, probably Curtis, and might be Harvey Elliott. Okay, right. Uh, I mean, for me, I think it'll be, and again, I'll probably be miles wrong. I think it'll be Ali and goal. Mm. I think. Connor Bradley right back, and then my centre backs are probably gonna shock it here. I think the centre backs will be Joe Gomez and and Kwanzaa. and left back will be Robbo, and then in midfield I think Trent will play the six, and then I think you'll have for the first half I think it'll be Harvey Elliott and Graven Birch, and then up front I think it'll be I totally agree with Pete up front. I think it will be Jota, Cody, and Louis Diaz, and I think Nunes will be on the bench to come on if needed. And then supposedly I will get half a game in the second half. So that's what that's what I think. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. how close any of us are to the team. I just think that maybe Jurgen will look at this and think it's maybe one of the last chances to give the likes of Virgil a rest. Canati had the rest the other night. And then, you know, we've got we've got Chelsea and Arsenal both in a week. Yeah. I think he'll want both Virgil and, uh, and Ibu as centre-backs for both of those games. So yeah. that's why I think Virgil will get a rest on Sunday. And he, he could go with Joe Gomez and Kwanzaa, the centre-backs. But we will see. So, Tom, I'll come for you. A prediction for Sunday. Oh, fancy Liverpool to win, Les. I fancy Liverpool to win 3-1. OK, Pete? Uh, I'm going a couple a couple of goals again, say 2-0 for the Reds. Yeah. yeah, I think I'll agree with Pete. I'll go with I'll go with a 2-0 win for the Reds as well and I'll be in the half of the draw for the next round. So on that note, we'll end this latest edition of the Late Flag. Thanks to Mike, who had to leave us early tonight. To Tom, welcome back. Good to hear your dulcet tones again, Tom. And, uh, and, and also to Pete. And for me, your host, Les Lawson, as he always finished the pub by saying, you'll never walk alone, don't buy the sun, and justice for the 97. And we're on our way to Wembley. See you soon.